Be welcome in the precious name of our Lord. Just feel at home. A songwriter sings, Thy burden you may cast upon Jesus. Also we, we can do it now. Putting everything off, bringing it to the cross, trusting the Lord. He will make it well. Today we have visit from many countries, also from South America, from Venezuela, from Chile. We welcome you in a special way. Today also the parents of brother Erwin Pacheco are here tonight. May God bless them in a very special way. We all know our brother Erwin, who sits there up there and who translates into the Spanish language. Just feel free in our midst. I can remember when I was in Venezuela and when the precious brethren have, when I visited these precious brethren and as one was received so God gives also the blessing then today we have many here from Romania and may God bless you in a special way and most important of all all those who are here today for the first time God bless you. Then we have from the Czech Republic, from Slovakia, from Poland, from Italy, from Switzerland, Austria, France, from Belgium, Holland, and we are just so grateful, grateful that we can come together hearing the word, believing it, and then doing accordingly. Then I have greetings from Kenya, from Tanzania, from Cameroon, and from, from Uganda. God blessed beyond measure this time five brethren were accompanying me and one of them sits here in the front brother Idoni one moment from Orléans, France then brother Deo from Kigali, Rwanda brother George from Kinshasa and then Brother Prosper and Brother Nyagi and another brother. It was just wonderful. Ten times the plane went up and down with the airplane. But it was worthwhile. Thanks be to God for all our brothers and sisters 
who also in all of Africa are scattered and whom the Lord has called out by His grace. And the last ones will still be called out. Then we have greetings from Finland, from Sweden, from the various countries, from Italy, and also from other countries. The Lord God, may He bless all those who are joined with Him and with us from the riches of His grace. And in particular, on this weekend, may he speak to us and may he give us a willing, a believing and an obedient heart so that we are coming in line with the word of God and that we can complete the race until we come from believing unto seeing. I just see now our precious brethren from Chile. I don't know whether you like it now that I ask now that you stand up. Of course, of course a faithful, blessed couple, Shurgelis. God bless you in our midst. Where do we have the other brethren? Where are you? Where is Bärbel and Mike? There they are. God bless you in our midst. You are at home here. And this we know. And may God bless you. Do we have another brother here? From Chile? Then may he stand up. The Lord God be with you. You all know, with the brethren from Chile, Something connects me, something connects, as, as, as with all of you, a special experience is connected with it, a very special experience. God has given much grace that of the believers who were led astray, but who is not led astray today, the whole world is being lied to and is being deceived. And God has called out His own. And today, we expect from God a special miracle. And I would like to ask whether our friends from the Kosovo are here tonight. Who belong all to the Islamic religion? Please stand up. Ah, there they are on the balcony. About eight persons who are here today for the first time, who are of a Muslim faith. And we spoke already together and prayed together in the office and we were thanking the Lord 
and the hearts are open to receive Jesus Christ. He cannot be compared with any prophet. He is the Lord. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Who became man for the sake of mankind to die here on the earth in his bodily, in his flesh, body of flesh, and to give us the redemption. Today we will, we will have a Bible hour. You all notice with, with the age of 75, one is no more 25. I was 50 years ago, 25. I said it already last time. In June 1958, I translated the first five sermons of Brother Brenham. I received them into my hands. And with this, I returned. And it was Brother Brenham who told me, Brother Frank, you will return with this message to Germany. So I'm looking back to 50 years. Yes, more than 50 years. Actually, to be precise, I'm looking back to 60 years. 1948, I experienced my conversion to Christ. And I could dedicate my life to Him. Since then, I really, I really, I lived only for Him. And I hope that nobody hears it now who is affected. But everything else, everything else was second, secondly in, in all my life. All of my life through, the Lord was at the first place. And then came everything else. And especially since the calling, since I received my call, and since the giving out of the food, and the traveling from city to city, and from country to country, it filled all my time. I didn't have more time. I used all my time for the Lord, up into the nights. All the circular letters had to be written. All the sermons had to be translated. And for everything, time was uh, necessary. And for everything, I had time. Then we have, we found out that Brother Brenham was a man sent from God with the divine message for our time. And we say it for the truth's sake. We all would have remained on our own ways, all of us. We wouldn't have any spiritual orientation 
if God would not have sent his servant and prophet to show us the way back to God, to preach the biblical doctrines anew, and by the word of prophecy to give us the orientation for the end time and for all of the plan of salvation. By His grace He gave it. And so we wish all who are now listening, who are now watching, please understand us. And if you understand us, then you will understand the plan of God, the salvation plan of our God with mankind. Then we find we found out that in the 1,115 sermons of Brother Brenham, the man of God, 1,615 times he could say, Thus saith the Lord. It really it overwhelmed me and I wished I would, I would I could find a better word to express what I what, what I really feel now. God used a vessel. He was seeking for a vessel and he found a vessel through which he could speak. He showed visions. He gave revelations. And the nice thing is, in this 1,615 times, not a single question mark one can make. And Brother Brenham, literally he said, if there is one single case which would not be true 100%, then I'm, then I'm asking you, come to me. And then I hang onto my breast, onto my chest, and on my back, I hang the sign, false prophet. Everything was correct. The thus saith the Lord was the thus saith the Lord. In comparison to this, one sadly has to say that we experienced it also at this place. And in general, since 1976, where the thus saith the Lord was not the thus saith the Lord. And I don't want to go into detail now. The more precious, the more precious it is for me and for us so that, that God used a mouth, has found a man through which he could really speak and that what God had to say to us, to reveal it unto us. I just brought with me one sermon, the most difficult of all. And here Brother Branham says a couple of times, Thus saith the Lord. 
It's a very strange sermon. Who wants to hear it? And then Brother Brenham says, at the end of the sermon, he says, in the last two minutes, he says, Oh, are you happy? I have told you the truth. All of the exposition is thus saith the Lord. And in that moment, reverence must come over us. Brothers and sisters, please let us take it to heart. God's word must be heard with reverence, must be believed and received. Only if this happens, then we can count with the supernatural working of God. And we will see it at the people of Israel. This will be our observation tonight in view to the New Testament Church. How God was with Israel. How He had His plan with, with them. And how much problems and troubles came up again, again and again on this way. And then the Lord God reached the goal with a remnant. And Paul writes in Romans chapter 11, as then, so also now, there is a remnant, a remnant which will reach the destination. For this service, I chose the word from Ezekiel. Chapter 20, Ezekiel 20, and then all the scriptures which belong to it to show us the seriousness, the seriousness which is connected to the obedience and connected to the faith. In Ezekiel 20, firstly from verse 7, actually one can start with verse 5, Ezekiel 20, verse 5, and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, in the day when I chose Israel, and lifted up mine hand unto the seed of the house of Jacob and made myself known unto them in the land of Egypt when I lifted up mine hand unto them saying I am the Lord your God God has le was leading out. He has given the promise to possess a land which is, which is the richest land on the earth. 
seven special fruits were growing, flowing with milk and honey. In verse 6, in the same day that I lifted up mine hand, I took an oath to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I had searched out for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the crown of all lands, the crown of all lands. So, not Switzerland, but Israel. <laughs> then, in verse 7, then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abominations of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. This was the most littlest which God could require. And He required it. That was the least. That they are bound to Him. That they honor Him. That they glorify Him. And then it says in verse 8, But they rebelled against Me and would not hearken unto Me. They did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes. Some time ago, we, we spoke about this word and these thoughts briefly. When God requires something of us, then we have to do it. There is no following of the Lord in disobedience. This is impossible. Whoever wants to serve and follow the Lord, he has to come to the obedience and then walking and following the Lord in obedience of faith. But they rebelled against me. And then in verse 10 it says, Wherefore I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. And I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. And this is a statement about which we cannot pass over today. God said, if you do that what I command you, then you will have life. God, from the very beginning, he bound life to obedience. He connected it. And then it says in verse 11, And I gave them my statutes 
and showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them, which if a man do, he shall have life. And then even the Sabbath. If God commands the Sabbath, then he knows why. And then he means only well. God wanted that his people come together for a service without doing any work, just being in the presence of God to surrender to the service. And because God sanctified the seventh day, therefore He sanctified His people who are gathering on the seventh day. These were commandments which God gave to the people of Israel, even as a sign. Verse 12, Moreover, also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them, a sign of the covenant between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctify them, that sanctify them, sanctify them, in thy truth, thy word is the truth. True sanctification of a child of God can only happen in the full obedience to God and His word. Everything else is a self-sanctification and self-deception. Then, in verse 13, but the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. And then it becomes very serious. How is it with you? How is it with me? How is it with your and my obedience? about you and my devotion. How is it with us in our lives? <coughs> Excuse me. Then comes verse 15. Yet also I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them flowing with milk and honey, which is the crown of all lands. Just imagine for one moment, imagine what happened here. Two times, God took an oath. He raised His hand. He has given the promise. I have chosen for you a land, the nicest land, the crown of all lands. Obey my statutes. And they rebelled. They were disobedient. Now, just be honest now. 
What can God do with rebellious and disobedient people? What can he do? He, the fountain of truth, he, the true God, should not have come his word as a sword into the people. Should not there be rev reverence and fear? No. Rebellion. Disobedience. Rebellion. One could really cry out, My God. Why? Why? Why did it, did it have to have to be this way? Only to show the fallen nature of man. Only to show that only by the full redemption on the cross of Calvary, a new heart, a new spirit was given unto us. And connected with it, also the right faith and the right obedience. I don't even want to read on here. You can do it. God again raised his hand and he took an oath. And the rebellious people, they had to suffer then. And they didn't reach the goal. Let us come directly to the New Testament, to Hebrews, chapter 5. And here, we are addressed. We, who we are now believing, who we have taken God's word as a lamp unto our feet, and who are ready to walk in obedience of faith, to follow the Lord. Here, in Hebrews, in chapter 5, we read from verse 8. Hebrews, chapter 5, from verse 8. To show us the obedience, the example for us to show it to us. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, and thereby being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, that obey him. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Disobedience is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. In Hebrews chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, we read in verse 12, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. 
Here we have the connection of unbelief and falling away. In the New Testament, 2 Thessalonians 2, the great falling away is described to us. The falling away from the true faith. Here we have, here we were shown, take heed, brethren, verse 12, once again, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And unbelief is the same with the falling away from the Lord God. And then, in verse 15, while it is said, today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Rebellion. And now comes the repetition and the remembrance to that what God had to do in the Old Testament. That he raised his hand for an oath and that the people couldn't go into the land of promise. Hebrews 3 verse 17 to 19. But with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? Then comes, comes the second question. With the answer, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that obeyed not? And then verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Brothers and sisters, in every age, God, of course, had a message. There were revivals. And it was always necessary that a remnant believed, that a remnant was walking on with what God did at that time. And especially since the time of Reformation, in every revival, there were people who believed, who were obedient, and who received the word in as much as it was preached. The same applies for our time. Belief and obedience belong together. This shows our respect toward God. Recently, we looked at it. 
When our Lord, for instance, said in Mark 16, 16, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Then nobody can say, I believe and this is enough. There, some, the, the respect is missing before the word of God. The respect is missing before the commandment which God gave. And that's how disobedience sets in from the very beginning. Faith belongs to the obedience and obedience belongs to the faith. And then it says in Hebrews 4, Hebrews 4, in verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith. For what was the word preached? For what? For what did God speak? Did he speak into the wind? Or did he speak the words of life? And then he even wrote the commandments upon tablets. He gave it to Moses. And behold, when Moses reached the bottom of the mountain, he saw the transgression of the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods beside me. And Aaron already made a golden calf. And the dance started around the golden calf. What could Moses do than to smash these tablets into pieces? And they were broken into pieces. Moses most surely was thinking, the Almighty God spoke. I watched it. I watched it. How he engraved with his hand. That's how one can read it. God with his own hand, he was writing. And then, the first commandment, I am the Lord thy God. Thou shalt have no other gods beside me. Thou shalt make no images, neither of that what is above in heaven or underneath on the earth. Thou shalt not bow before them, and thou shalt not worship them. That's how the first commandment was. Very strange. You can read in the various catechisms. Most of them most left the commandment only in two lines. I am the Lord your God. Thou shalt have no other gods beside me. That is all. And then, all that what follows, most of the catechisms left out. And they don't even know it. 
And therefore, especially in the big churches, be it in the Church of Rome or be it in the Orthodox Church, nothing, nothing but uh, statutes of Mary and Joseph and, and so forth. All kinds of statutes. Why? They disregarded the word. And just be honest, if one disregards the first commandment, what is then with all the others? What shall happen with them? Brothers and sisters, we have reached the moment where we have to read the Holy Scriptures precisely and asking God to give us obedience and faith so that we reach the goal. Unbelief and disobedience, time and again, they were rebuked by God. And therefore it says in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 10, in most of them, in most of them, God was not well pleased. And on one day, 23,000 died. Then the question, what did the promise profit them? What did it profit them that God gave them manna? The rock, the rock Moses was smiting, the water was gushing forth, and Paul writes, the rock was Christ, and all were drinking of it, and by their self-will, by rebellion, by disobedience, they didn't reach the destination. Brothers and sisters, we're reading here, of course, in the New Testament. And we want to reach the destination. We want to come from believing unto seeing. And therefore, the message sounded forth to bring us back into the will of God. And therefore, the admonition in Hebrews 3, verse 12, lest in any of us be an evil heart of unbelief. So, Belief and obedience. At the beginning we were singing, only belief, only belief. Faith, the belief, is the access to all the promises of God. And all promises of God are yea and amen. Because today, I really believe, I think we have a large number of young people in our midst. Because of that, of which we can assume, we assume that they didn't experience the grace of God personally yet. They didn't experience a conversion, a new birth yet. 
Let me read today two or three scriptures, because this I want to emphasize. The beginning must be right. One cannot have Bible hours for the advanced ones, if not the beginning with the Lord was made yet. If not repentance and obedience and faith has come into our lives, we all know with the first sermon on the day of Pentecost, the people were coming together and the word as as a the, the hearts were pierced. Oh, if it were go, if it went only as a sword into the heart for the people of Israel, if it only would have penetrated, so that they felt it. In the Old Testament, a heart of flesh. In the New Testament, a heart of flesh. To feel, so that the, the as written in the book of Acts, they were pierced in their hearts. They were, and they were pricked in their hearts. And they turned to the apostles with the question, what shall we do to be saved? Such meetings we need. That people ask, brothers, brothers, tell it to us. Tell us, what shall we do to be saved, to become believers as you are, to experience the spirit baptism as you experienced it? What shall we do? What must we do? And then the answer came, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And whoever reads in the book of Acts, especially two scriptures, namely Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 10. Here we have a wonderful testimony of Peter. Acts chapter 10, verse 39 and onward. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed Him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with Him after He rose from the dead. 
gegessen und getrunken haben. Bleiben wir hier. Let us stop here a bit. The risen one. He appeared to the two disciples, and then to the eleven, and then to the individuals. And later on to the apostles. And they were eating and drinking with him after his resurrection from the dead. Do you know what this meant for our brothers at the beginning, and especially for a Peter, who had trouble, who had trouble to confess him, because a maid, a maid was speaking to him, and now, now after the resurrection, after the resurrection, with the risen Lord, he was eating and he was drinking, witnesses witnesses of his resurrection. And then in verse 42 and 43, the penetrating power of the proclamation of the divine message is being given. Acts 10, 42 and 43. And he commanded us. He gave the great commission. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Brothers and sisters, what do we need more? The proclamation of the divine message, of the word, of the cross, of the reconciliation, redemption, of the forgiveness is being preached to all who believe it. The remission of sins he will give them in his name. That's how it is written here. For him, to him, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him, you young people, or whosoever you might be, if you didn't make the experience of conversion yet, receive it today. Receive it today. For him, to him, our Lord Jesus Christ, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Believe it today. Believe it today. And it will be given today. Then, in Acts, Chapter 13, we have also wonderful experiences 
which are reported here. Let me just read in the summary verse 37 and 38. But he whom God raised again, be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Not a forgiveness which somebody speaks out in a confessional box, but that the offer of grace by the preaching of Jesus Christ, the crucified one. And whosoever accepts it by faith, to him it is being given in the same hour as a German song goes. A songwriter expressed it. Whosoever beholds Jesus on the cross by faith, he is saved in the very same hour. That's how the song goes. Now comes something very, very special, which Paul has summarized here. Namely, in Acts 13, verse 47 and 48. For so has the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. But this is written in Isaiah 49, in reference to our Lord. Isaiah 49, verse 6. And now Paul uses the word of prophecy which was written for our Lord. He refers it to the continuation of the service and he recites it literally. I read now from Isaiah 49, Isaiah 49, verse 6. And he said, It is a light thing that thou shouldest be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give thee for a light to the Gentiles, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. And to this belongs verse 8 in Isaiah 49. Thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee. Let us go back to Acts 13. Let us read verse 47 and 48 once again. For so has the Lord commanded us, the church, was of course appointed to 
to pass on the gospel, the divine message, and we carry it unto this very day. And we preach the same message. I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. This is our preaching today. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, it is Him through whom also the Gentiles have seen the light, have experienced the salvation. Verse 48, And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. God had a time for Israel. And then came the change, the turnaround. Then God opened the door to the Gentiles. And this we can read in Acts chapter 22 when our Lord called the Apostle and when he gave him direct uh, instructions in both chapters it's written in chapter 22 and also 26 in chapter 22 in Acts Here we have, from verse 6, a very wonderful report. And from verse 12 comes then Ananias, a man of God, sent by the Lord. He came to Saul. And he says in verse 13, he speaks to him, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers has chosen thee that thou shouldest know his will and see that just one and shouldest hear the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. And then, in verse 21, came the, came the call to the Gentiles. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. Why did, did I read this now? All know it, of course. That Paul experienced his conversion. He received his call, his commission. But here, Ananias, 
a gifted man of God was sent to him. To confirm the divine call which he received. And for Saul and for Paul, it was a strengthening. In the moment when the man of God spoke out, be seeing, he could see. And by this one knew, here not a man did speak. It was thus saith the Lord. Brothers and sisters, it's really, it's really difficult for me to time and again, to time and again come back to it. But but I, I read it once again in the quotes of Brother Brenham when he was given the instruction that he in Jeffersonville that he should preach in Jeffersonville which were given to him for the church. And he says here that in other places and other churches he cannot bring the doctrinal things as he could bring them in his home church. And then we made ourselves the effort and we were seeing and looking for what he was saying about the food which he should store in. And we went back to the 1st of April 1962 where the main thing was told to him and hold fast your seats now. God always uses earthly examples to show divine things. All the parables are of a earthly nature, be it of the field and of the sower, all the seven parables. Are, and Brother Brenham really in that vision he saw that he shouldn't come to Switzerland, for instance. First they said there will be five meetings for him. And then only one meeting was left. And then the angel of the Lord spoke to him. They don't want you. They only want to have your name to get the crowds. But for preaching, they have already other brothers ordained. And then he's, he was told, don't make this journey to Switzerland, but return to Jeffersonville. And Brother Brenham saw how he was carrying a big basket and in this basket there were the most various fruits up to potatoes and radishes. Shall I tell you once again? The same natural fruits were listed to me on the 2nd of April. I didn't even want to speak about it. 
But when the Lord said very loud and clearly, He said, store in food, store in food, then all the natural groceries were told, flour and potatoes and all kinds of things. And what did we do? What did I do? Who is here today? Who is here today? We really... We, 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 all the groceries we bought and brought it into the basement. I tell it, I tell you how it was. And then Brother Brenham told me on the 3rd of December, Brother Frank, you misunderstood what the Lord told you. You have stored in natural food, groceries, and you were thinking a natural famine would come. And then he spoke about it, that God will send a hunger for his word. And so that the spiritual food is the promised word for this time. Brothers and sisters, I don't tell you stories, but a portion which led to the point that the message could be carried into all the world. And as this Ananias came to a soul, and as he was speaking to him, so God used Brother Brenham to tell me, to give me the meaning. And then right at the end he said, wait with the giving out of the food until you get the rest which belongs to it. And now just imagine, if one calculates the time difference of seven hours, then it was about the same time when Brother Brenham in the USA on the 1st of April was speaking. And here in the morning, before the rising of the sun, on the 2nd of April, their evening, and here in the morning. The same thing he said, because it belongs to the same ministry. And then we are at the point, then we are at the point that God has a plan for the end time. And therefore, brothers and sisters, Therefore, we have come out from everywhere and we have not followed cunningly devised fables. It is of course written, the days will come, then I will send a hunger, not a hunger for bread and a thirst for water, but a hunger to hear the words of God. And the time has come and we are grateful to God for it. Brethren, we say it as this, by His grace we may experience the last portion of the divine plan of salvation. And once again I'm thinking about it. I remember that Brother Brenham was like Elijah, a man like you and I that God could use him in such a way. I was sitting with him on one, at one table 
I was eating with him. I was drinking with him. I was sitting in his car. He was driving and I was sitting next to him. And on the back seat, Brother Woods was sitting and Brother Softman. A man like you and I, eating and drinking, sleeping, as we all of us. And then, by the power of a divine call, by the power of a divine commission, by the predestination, as with the prophet Jeremiah, in, first, in, in the first chapter, he, he was told, before you were formed in the womb of your mother, before that, I have ordained you to be a prophet for the nations. And now tell me, tell me, do we preach Paul or William Branham? No, we are preaching the full gospel. We are preaching Jesus Christ. But please, please, don't expect from me that I bypass what God has promised for this time. This may not be like this. And here we are at the point, as with Israel, they rebelled. What they were used to, oh, they didn't turn away from the idols. They didn't even follow the Lord. They didn't obey Him. But on their own ways, they walked on. One more thought, which just comes to me. When I think on June 1958, the greatest evangelists which the world ever has seen, they were gathered there. The great, the big platform, sometimes it seemed to be too small. They took the microphone and they were running up and down. Yes. And then, all of them bypassed what God has done. Because evening after evening, Brother Brenham, after the sermon, on four evenings, he was praying for the sick and all were astonished and, and all said to one another, this was never here on the earth before. This is a mighty ministry. But, and now comes the big but. They remained in what they were before. They remained in the same doctrine, in the same denomination. They didn't receive correction. And then they didn't get any revelation. Brothers and sisters, on our own ways, God will never be able to meet us. He calls us out. And then, to speak with us on His way and to lead us into everything what He decided in His plan. Didn't we read it here? To recognize His will 
to know his will and to see that just one and to hear the voice of his mouth. Verse 14. We believe with all our hearts that God has called Brother Brennan in a supernatural way. He blessed him beyond measure what, what we cannot imagine. He was still speaking with a person which was standing before him and, and he saw already a vision. He already saw a vision when, as he spoke and in the spirit in the spirit he was transferred into another world and God showed him in a vision as he had the eyes open and as he spoke to the person what is with this person brothers and sisters it's simple to say huh, God used him but just think for a moment how God used this man as a vessel how he could take him how he could use him now just try it yourself try it you, you can try. Yeah? No, not so. You can try. No! We thank God that in our time, in our time, the same sign of the Messiah, the same ministry took place as it happened then when our Lord walked this earth. And we thank God for the great privilege that we may believe now as the scripture has said it. Not in, not in unbelief, not on our own ways, in that what we were used to and what we knew, but a new beginning that we could make a new beginning with God. Israel is the example for us. And out of every revival which is behind us, but by the way, I think I left it in the office, this, this statement. Also the Anglican Church is now asking to be received by Rome. They're asking, begging to be received by the Church of Rome. All are returning into the mother's bosom. And right in this time, the last call goes forth. Ye, my people, come out. Be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. I am convinced that this is the most important time in all of the history of the plan of salvation. And therefore, we connect with it the request let this, let the day of God's gracious visitation not bypass you. Don't have any resistance against His Word or against God. Humble yourself. Submit under the mighty hand of God. And then we will experience grace in the time of need, help in the time of need. And then we'll recognize that the denomination 
which preaches and which also practices that grace means that everything is forgiven and that everybody can live as he likes. <laughs> he who likes to cut hair, he who likes to wear trousers can do it and so forth. And in connection with this doctrine, which is spreading all over, the scriptures came to me of the grace of God, which, which educates us to, to say no to the godless nature and to live already godly in this present time. And this I read us from Titus. Here it's of course written of the grace of God. It's just so bad that people misunderstand God's word and are still trying to justify themselves on their own ways. Titus 2, addressed to all who are already converted, who already have dedicated their lives to God, and directed to those who will do it just now. Titus 2, from verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. All men. It just has to be received. Has appeared to all men. Teaching us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. And then the apostle looks into the future and writes, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself unto himself his own special people, zealous of good works. He ends with the words, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Dear brothers and sisters, it will be all worth it for all of us. To have preached the full gospel in all seriousness. Only he who receives it, only he who receives grace, who receives the privilege, as written here, to deny all, to deny all ungodliness, 
and to live godly already in this present time. As our Lord said, Ye are not of this world, as I am also not of this world. Let us summarize of what is about now. The Lord God has a plan of salvation. He showed us how well He meant with Israel, a natural people, a natural land with promises, with all the care which God could give. God did everything. They were lacking nothing. And yet, the rebelling, the walking on on their own ways, disregarding what God said, what He commanded, and this led to destruction. Please, let us learn the lesson for us, not walking on on our own ways and thinking, oh, somehow it will work. It will only work if it is being fulfilled. The godless let us return to the Lord. Isaiah 55. The ungodly shall return to God. And then we go to Matthew 7. Enter the straight gate, for broad is the way which leads to destruction, and many are who walk on it. Straight is the gate, and narrow the way which leads to life, and there are just few who find it and who walk on it. Especially, once again, a word to all the young people. Listen to the call of the Lord, directed to all, really without exception. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your souls. This the Lord wants to do today. Not only teaching, not only inside, into the plan of salvation. He wants to give rest for our souls, to our souls. He wants to do that, what we have need of, to reach the destination. Namely, the faith, connecting faith with the obedience. And then comes the fulfillment. If I send someone and you receive him, then you receive me, and whosoever hears you, hears me. Up to the word, if somebody receives a prophet, he shall receive the reward of a prophet. There are enough scriptures which show us clearly the which show us clearly the way 
Let us take heed unto it, and let us examine ourselves whether we agree with that, whether we line up with that what God has said in His Word and what He commanded us. Now just for the, in, in closing, I want to say, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God with all our hearts for the grace and for the privilege which He has given unto us to enter into the Holy of Holies, to hear His words, to believe it, not having any resistance, but as Mary, we receive all the words into us and we ponder upon them in our hearts. Do you agree with this? Amen. Then let us stand up and let us thank the Lord together. Perhaps two or three brothers will just thank briefly. Otherwise, we will call one brother from Prague and then one brother from Brussels. Yes. Perhaps we sing a chorus just as I am. Then we ask Brother Kukachka to come and Brother Tati. Thank the Lord. We all pray with. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we may be gathered in your presence, namely before the throne of grace. With all our hearts, we recognize this, that we remain in the truth of thy word, and that we stand in your presence. Forgive us everything, that nothing happens out of our own strength, our own efforts, not what we can, not what we know, not what can harm us, but that everything happens in agreement with your word, by your grace, by your mercy, all what you are doing. May you give it to your people, may you give it to each one, take away all our iniquities. We thank you with all our hearts. 
Because we are here, so that we are transformed, that we may believe you, that you are with us, that you come to your right with all, in all our lives. Oh, we thank you. We thank you. Your holy name. Bless your people, Lord. Here is the adoration. There where your people are gathered. Oh, we thank you. With all our hearts for your word, which doesn't return void, but your word accomplishes for what you have sent it for. Your word, your mouth has spoken it. Glory. You have given us your grace. Oh God. That you are the Lord in our hearts. We thank you for your love and for your word. Glory and adoration be unto you. We thank you. To ye the Holy One, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Dieu notre Père, nous sommes réunis en ton nom et nous croyons que nous avons reçu ta parole. La semence incorruptible. We are gathered in your name. Nous avons reçu cela de notre cœur. We received your word into our hearts. You have not worked rebellion. You have worked faith and belief in your word. We thank you for it. Your word will accomplish everything. We have come to you. You, the God of eternity, from generation to generation, you are our Lord. And from eternity to eternity, you are our God. And to you be the praise and the glory from generation to generation. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. God bless his servant. May God bless us all. Amen. We are not yet finished. We sing once again, just as I am. And should brothers and sisters be here, young people who have who wish to dedicate their lives today, please come to the front. Let us not wait. We will pray with you at the front.